You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way, it's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Pumped up to be with you here on this Thursday off day. You know, the last time we got together, well, the Angels were coming off that tough road trip where uh, the Angels ended up uh, losing those last two games against the Baltimore Orioles, that long 11-day, 10-game, five-city trip. Oh, my goodness. It's finally behind the halos. And how about this? They come on back home, get a split with San Diego, and take two or three from the Yankees. Angels playing better baseball. Still two games under 500, sure. Uh, but we are seeing the Angels playing some better baseball right now. we got a ton to get to here on the show today. We're going to hear from David Fletcher. We're going to hear from Jack Mayfield. Coming up later on in the podcast, it was fun to have John Gibson here at the Big A. Ducks goaltender uh, was hanging out. He caught the first pitch uh, from one of the Ducks' top executives and Tim Ryan so uh, that was a fun experience here at the Big A and uh, we'll have Gibby on to to talk a little bit about that later on in our show Uh, but I did just want to get into the way the Angels have played the last week or so because there are some things that I've been really encouraged by I think that you're seeing some of the the bullpen pieces that have been newly acquired getting uh, comfortable Patrichka has been in some big spots has got out of some big jams I think Andrew Wance has looked pretty good at times Uh, there there are a handful of, of pitchers here that you know you're just trying to get right and you know see what it's going to look like in 2022 uh, that that's a big part of the equation right now when you're just taking into consideration what the angels are trying to do here in the final month of the season yes you know they're doing everything they can to have a winning season going to the playoffs just just looking at it it just doesn't seem like a realistic thought at this point um just you know a less than 0.1 percent chance if you go look at the numbers so um you know not mathematically ruled out but but just you know, taking a realistic view at this thing, try to find a way to have a winning season. I think would be cool, even if that doesn't happen. Uh, you're also looking at how do we get the most out of 2021 to set this Angels organization right for 2022 and beyond. Uh, the Angels pitching situation um, has has been uh, pretty bleak when you look at just the way the injury bug has completely ripped through this Angels rotation at the moment. Right now, the Angels have three major league starters that are available in the rotation. One of them is Shohei Otani, and then it's it's Jaime Berea and Jose Suarez. That's it's it as far as available Major League starting pitching. There have been a handful of other guys that have come up. Uh, we saw Chris Well get, get a day up here. Uh, Packy Naughton got a start against the Yankees. Maybe we see Packy again uh, make another start. But it's just it, it's hard to find Major League quality starting pitching that's healthy in the organization right now, uh, at least that's able to start games. And the Angels are trying to do that. 
um, and also uh, wanting to get looks at maybe what they have for the future, trying to make some of those decisions. You know, one of the interesting areas now I feel like has been watching Jack Mayfield a lot over at shortstop. We have not seen Jose Iglesias for four days at shortstop. I'm not trying to read too much into that, but I think you have a pretty good understanding of who Jose Iglesias is at this point, and maybe you're wanting to see what you know about Jack Mayfield and get a better understanding for him moving forward and trying to make those kind of decisions looking at the 2022 season. I think that is all a big part of what's going on. Now, as far as the rest of this season, still no update on when Mike Trout is going to be back. Here's the deal with Mike. It looked like on Saturday he was close to coming back. He was running the bases, was running hard on Saturday, came up sore on Sunday. So then on Monday, the Angels decided, hey, um, okay, Mike, you're, you're no longer doing baseball activities. He's back to, to rehabbing and doing some of that. Just looking at the calendar, the Angels starting to run out of runway for when Mike Trout could potentially make a return, and, and that could be, um, you know, ultimately could lead to the conversation, hey, is it best to just shut down Mike Trout for the year? I don't think the Angels are far away from that at all. Um, you know, Mike still wants to play, and Joe Madden said it best. He goes, hey, we're going to listen to Mike. We're, you know, Mike wants to play. He's going to keep trying to play, uh, but at some point, you know, just looking at the calendar, you do have to ultimately make a decision. I can understand why Mike Trout wants to play, and actually Jeff Fletcher, the Orange County Register, brought this up. Uh, Tommy LaStella in 2019, remember when he when he you know, broke his leg right before the All-Star break he'd, um, and, and ended up missing a significant portion of the season, he came back with three games to go just because he wanted to to be able to have a normal offseason and prove that he could do it and get back in time. Um, we don't, you know, I don't necessarily see that happening with Mike Trout, uh, but that is just kind of an interesting thought because when you're able to get back uh, before the end of the season, it, it's just it, it makes you feel better going into spring training. It makes you feel better going through the entire offseason. Um, it can help check a lot of men boxes for you so there's no doubt coming into spring training not to say that you know hey if trout gets right has a whole offseason if he ends up getting shut down has a whole offseason to, to either rehab or maybe he's good maybe he's good in in a month and, and he's fine um and he can still go into spring training feeling a hundred percent it doesn't you know it, whether he comes back or not i don't think has has all that big of a difference for trout long term i just think that you know for mike i could i can understand why he would want to come back he's a competitor that's how he thinks um so that that to me um is pretty much all there is to that but i would imagine we're gonna hear one way or another pretty soon at a certain point you can only kick the can down the road so long and i know the angels are are Everybody was hoping that after Trout was running the bases on Saturday that he could be close, um, and then he comes up sore. So that is uh, uh, disappointing news, no question about it. On the other side, uh, on the positive note, I'm looking at Shohei Otani and the season that he has had and how unbelievable it has been. And one of the interesting milestones that I think Otani has a chance to reach here is 50 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Now hear me out. First of all, that would be a ridiculous club to join because Shohei would be the only member if you were to do that. And you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, Barry Bonds never hit 50 home runs and sold 30 bags in a season? Nope. How about Willie Mays? No, he didn't do it either. 50 home runs is a huge number. 30 stolen bases is a big number. It's never been done. There's been plenty of 40-40 guys. Not plenty. There's been a handful of 40-40 guys. There's There's been plenty of 30-30 guys. 
Um, and I, I really think Otani's going to get into that group. I think the reason why, and I actually feel better. He's got 42 home runs, 22 stolen bases. I actually feel a little bit better about Otani getting to 30 stolen bases than I do about him getting the 50 home runs, as crazy as that sounds. Just because he's walking so much, I think we're going to see Otani. I, I, first, I don't think Otani likes having to take his walks. Maybe nobody does, right, when you're a competitor like that. But he, he's a disciplined hitter, and he will take his walks. But if you're going to put him on, he's going to try to make you pay. So if you put Shohei on, he's going to try to take second base. And I think he's, he's going to try to run on you. And we saw the double steal against the Yankees on Tuesday night. I think we're going to continue to see those kind of things happen this season. And I think it's fun. I think it's fun to watch that. And it's not just Otani chasing milestones. He's a competitor that's trying to you know, make a pitcher turn a walk into a double. That's what Otani's trying to do, and he's got the wheels to do it. And it's not just the wheels. Otani this year has become a really good base runner. I have not said that about Otani in the past. There have been you know times like when he first came in in 2018, I actually thought he was a really poor base runner. He, he's a good, he's a very good uh, base runner now. He's a very good base runner with excellent speed, good combination, and uh, that's why I, I think he's going to get to 30 stolen bases. That that I feel pretty confident in. Now, as far as getting the 50 home runs, well, he's got eight to go, and he's got a month to do it. If you want to go month by month, that's right in the wheelhouse for possible, right? The the door is cracked open just enough to where I think there's still a chance. In April, he hit eight. In May, Otani had seven home runs. June, he went nuts, had 13 home runs in June, added another in July, most of those before the All-Star break, and in August, he had five. Okay, so in August... You're seeing Otani get pitched to less, more teams putting him on. That's when the stolen bases went up. As the home run numbers have gone down, the stolen base numbers have gone up. So I don't think it's impossible for him to hit hit eight home runs. I'm not saying it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible either. And that it's going to be fun to watch. I don't know if he's going to do it. Um, you know, Otani needs to to not try to swing out of his shoes sometimes. I mean, who am I to say anything to show Otani? But Joe Madden said it best when he's hitting the ball to the rocks. He goes, "The rocks at home are your friend." Um, you know, he, he doesn't need to. to pull the ball, try to crush the ball. Otani, with, with you know regular contact, the ball is soaring out of here. He doesn't have to hit it exceptionally hard. Just as strong as he is, and the way he hits the baseball, he doesn't have to do anything extra. Uh, so it's going to be fun to watch Shohei Otani if he gets to that 50 home run, 30 stolen base club. What a milestone that would be. Um, I think that Otani has already locked up the MVP. Otani, to me, could not play another game the rest of the season, and he's already got the MVP. I also think, I mean, could you imagine if he ends up getting to 10 wins, too? He's going to have a chance on Friday against the Texas Rangers, which, by the way, the Angels are offering $3 tickets. I thought I saw to, to either select games or all games in the month of September. I think it's like every game in September. A $3 ticket. You can go see, I mean, hold on. You can go see Shohei Otani for $3. That you can't go to you can't go to a low budget matinee for three dollars at the movie theater. You can go see Shohei Otani for three bucks here at the Big A. Man, oh man, I'd be calling up every friend I have to get him to the ballpark to go see Shohei Otani. And I'm you know actually I am doing that seriously. I'm telling people I know that maybe haven't been to a game this year or saw him maybe in April. I'm like, you get to the ballpark to see Shohei Otani because this is one of the greatest seasons of all time. This is one of those seasons where if you're not here, you're going to regret not being a part of it. 
It's one of those seasons that you're going to go tell your kids and your grandkids and, and tell the story way down the road for how special it was to be there, to see Shohei Otani in person. To see Shohei Otani in the 2021 season, one of the greatest seasons of all time. Like the way people talk about Ruth in 27, Maris in 61, the home run seasons. Shohei Otani in 2021 is doing that. Can you imagine if he gets the 10 wins? What's he probably going to have four or five more starts? Um, I think he's got a shot. I think he's got a real shot. Especially, you know, going up against Texas on Friday. A little extra day's rest. If he got hit in the hand on Saturday, comes back out. I think we're going to see Shohei do really well on Friday against Texas Rangers. So if he does that, he would be at 9 on September 4th. And then you look at, uh, you know, a month left. Can he get to 10? I would imagine that there's going to be an opportunity for him to do so, for sure. By the way, just can you can you just comprehend these numbers I'm saying right now? 50 Otani is the possibility, and it's not unrealistic unrealistic. These are real possibilities. 50 home runs, 30 stolen bases, and 10 wins. Like I haven't even taken into equation the pitcher part. I was spending all this time talking about how nobody in the history of baseball has ever hit 50 home runs and stolen 30 bags in a season. And oh, by the way, that same dude is the ace of the Angels staff and might win 10 games too. It's the greatest season of all time. So he could not play another game. And to me, he is a lock for MVP. Tip of the cap to Vladdy Jr. Hey, Vladdy. You're having a tremendous season. You're an awesome baseball player. You have many, many great years left. I got nothing but love for Vladdy Jr. Love that guy. My only thing I could tell Vladdy, you picked the wrong season to have a great season because Shohei Otani is putting together the greatest season any of us have ever seen. So that is what Otani has done this year. So if you get a chance to go see him, get to the ballpark. Go do that. And the fact that $3 tickets exist is crazy to come see Shohei Otani for that. And maybe you want to spend a little bit more to get a little closer. Go see him. I think you should do it. If you if you can, you should. Because this is special. And also, I, I tip my cap to the Angels, too, for making it affordable to go see Shohei Otani. Understanding how special this season is. And, you know, to, to let... Pretty much everybody have a chance to go see Shohei Otani. Wow. I, I'm calling everybody I know to get him to the ballpark to go see him because it's that kind of special. Where were you in 2021? I was at the ballpark at the Big A watching Shohei. That's where I was in 2021. Speaking of awards, you know who I think has a great chance to get another big-time award? David Fletcher, to me, has to be the gold glover at second base. Right, I don't know. I I don't know who else in the American League I would have over David Fletcher. And I don't 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 go show me the the UZR ratings. I think the the defensive metrics are extremely flawed. I know some people like him. I'm not totally against all of the the advanced metrics. I, I like some of the stuff on the offensive side, sure. I like some of the base running stuff. I, I like you know when you're looking at outfielders, the ground they cover, the routes. All that stuff, there's metrics behind that. I'm, I'm cool with that. That I, I get. But some of the stuff, you got to watch David Fletcher. And if you saw any of those double plays that he turned on Tuesday night, of the five that he turned, I think he started four of the five, 
And the way he did it, like these were no easy plays. And I don't know anybody that's got faster hands than David Fletcher on a transition. A 6-4-3 is automatic. You got David Fletcher over there at second base. He's getting that, rid of that ball so quick. And the plays he gets to, I mean, it's almost like having two shortstops. That's like what the Angels have in the middle. David Fletcher is a shortstop playing on the right side. That's how special he is. To me, it should be as much of a lock for David Fletcher to be the gold glover at second base in the American League as it is for Shohei Otani to be the AL MVP. That feels like it should be a lock. I don't know if it will be, but I will say this. I don't think it's a bad thing at all that he he had a great defensive series against the Yankees. I thought that was really good because then you get some more of the national attention. Now the East Coast media, people on you know out there are paying more attention to what David Fletcher's doing. I think he turned some heads on Tuesday. And as much as you know, the Yankee fans are moaning and groaning about hitting into five double plays, I think at a certain point you have to say, wow, that's a really great defensive player over there at second base. And after the Angels won that game on Tuesday night, I spoke with David Fletcher down on the field. Fletch, five double plays you're a part of tonight. We're always giving love to the offense. Tonight, we want to give it to the glove. When you're able to impact a game like that defensively, what do you feel like that does for this team to have that kind of an impact? Yeah, it's huge for us. Um, Pitcher did a great job getting the ground balls in those big spots, and it gives us a lot of momentum going back into the dugout. When you're able to go and take a season series against a team like the Yankees, I don't know what it is. Every time you get together with this team, they're great ball games, really fun, great atmosphere tonight. What's it like being a part of something like this? Yeah, great atmosphere. Uh, I mean, the fans were great all night and um, all series so far, so hopefully we can keep this going. That was Shohei that was throwing that at you, by the way, just a moment ago. He steals a pair of bases tonight. You get a couple of stolen bases tonight. Not just impacting the game with defense, but also doing it with the base running. When you're able to kind of get things going like that, what do you feel like that does for you guys on the offensive side, being able to to get it done with the footwork? Yeah, we were a little slow getting going today, but um, I mean, we got we got things moving a little bit there in the fourth, and Walsh came up, had a great at-bat, and obviously hit the homer, but anytime we can get guys in runners in scoring position for those guys, it's going to be it's going to end up good most of the time. Well, you take the first two against the Yankees here in, in this series, you win this season series. Fletch, great job tonight. Well done. Appreciate it. Thank you. That guy's got to win a gold glove. I mean, he should have been an all-star. I mean, hey, David Fletcher, what, second in the American League in hits on top of that and, and has played a stellar defense as he has? That's one of the most underrated players in all of baseball. Angel fans know. Angel fans know, and then opposing teams, when they come through and they see David Fletcher, then they know. But on the surface level, Fletch does not get the attention he deserves. This guy is is a phenomenal baseball player. That's a championship player. Speaking of that, you know, I, right now, I think when you look at guys that could potentially have a role in 2022, there were three names that were brought in, well, two in particular, and then one guy has kind of emerged into that, that could have a role in 22 that were brought in to be bench guys in 21. I'm looking at Juan Lagares, Phil Gosselin, and Jack Mayfield. And I really think that all three of those guys could be impact players that come back. Now, it's a little trickier in the outfield with Ligaris. Like, he might end up coming back. He might not. I don't know. Because there are a lot of guys that could qualify as being a fourth outfielder that could help you win. But I think Juan Ligaris is one of them. He had a really big game on Monday. Uh, drove in clutch runs in that game. 
Phil Gosselin, to me, is a championship kind of a player. If Phil Gosselin is a super utility guy for you, he kind of has the role that David Fletcher used to have, a veteran bat that you feel good with. Hey, Goose has been put in a spot where he's been hitting the three-hole. Um, hey, Phil, Phil's done a very good job, but you like Phil Gosselin as, as being somebody that's coming off of your bench that, that's maybe playing three, four times a week, but coming off your bench, giving guys breathers, that's the kind of thing that, that Phil Gosselin is exceptional at because he can step into any role. It's what he did so well with the Phillies, and he's playing every day here uh, with all the injuries due to the Angels. But, you know, even even with all the injuries, I think you feel good about having Phil Gosselin in the game. He provides something for you offensively. I think he has a, a very good job on the defensive side. I think Phil Gosselin is the kind of player, like if you're going to win a championship, Phil Gosselin's the kind of player that you have on your roster that can help you win. He is a championship kind of player. He is a win a baseball player, if you ask me. And I think that Jack may feel that the jury's still out to a certain extent, but man, Captain Jack has done some big things this year. He's hit nine home runs since the All-Star break and hit his first career Grand Slam on Monday. It was so cool to see that from Jack Mayfield, who was really pumped up about it when I talked to him afterwards. I am with Jack Mayfield. Captain Jack hits the Grand Slam tonight, first of your career in a big win over the Yankees. Let's first talk about that at-bat. What were you looking for in that pitch? It looked like you were sitting off speed, ready to go. Big spot with the bases loaded. Yeah, I was looking for spin. Uh... You know, kind of looking cutter there, and he ended up throwing slider. But, uh, you know, I was fortunate to get enough barrel on it and, you know, watch it go out. It was amazing. Seeing everyone cheer, uh, it was a blast, you know. I was fortunate to be in that spot. You got to give it to Stassi right before. That was an amazing at-bat. And uh, we've talked about that, just passing the torch. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate to be that guy today on that. And then, you know, Loggy just, oh, my God, Loggy was unbelievable. Controlling the game every at-bat. So, unbelievable game by everybody. It just seemed like one of the bigger moments we've seen from this team as of late, and to do it on this stage, especially after getting off to a little bit of a slow start in this game, to come back, get a big emotional win like this. Describe what it's like to be a part of a, a night like this, to have a great uh, comeback victory, and, and to do it the way you did. Oh, the atmosphere was amazing. You know, there was a bunch of Yankees fans, but I could hear all the Angels fans, and they were trying to overpower them. So it definitely felt like, like some playoff baseball here, and uh, – you know, it was very exciting, and, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to win every game, you know, and that was, that was huge for sure, and, uh, you know, give credit to everybody. Pitching staff was awesome. It was a, a battle all the way around. Fun ball game tonight. Then you got Rysel Iglesias slamming the door there at the end of the game. Uh, when you're behind him as a shortstop, but when you got a pitcher like that doing what he's doing, it's almost like you can kind of take it easy a little bit. No, you, you're actually, it actually locks you in a little more. His stuff is amazing, and I love being back there to watch all his stuff move. And, uh, you know, he has the most confidence, and you can see it on the mound. It's fun, it's definitely fun to be uh, on defense with him out there. Jack, really appreciate it. Congratulations on the win. And boy, that was a big slam tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you. Captain Jack, and I remember what he was talking about, Rysel Iglesias there, too. I mean, at the end of games, it, it's automatic now. When Rysel Iglesias comes into a ball game, he's there to slam the door. The game is over before Rysel comes in. Now, one thing that's going to be a little different moving forward, we have seen Rysel Iglesias in some moments this year where, where I thought for most of the season – He's almost served as the Angels' setup man and the Angels' closer because he's gone so many times where he's been in multi-inning situations where he's able to get you a four, five, six-out save. Rysel Iglesias has done all of those things. And because of that, uh, we've seen Rysel um, have a huge workload this year, and we're not going to see that anymore. 
I, I think moving forward the rest of this season, we're going to see Rysel Iglesias limited to one inning. Now, Joe Madden talked about this. He goes, hey, I didn't like doing it before. He goes, I, I think that when you talk about using a closer in multi-inning situations, that's to be reserved for end of September and through the playoffs, not to be done all season long. Though Rysel has done it in Cincinnati, it's not like it's totally foreign to him. Man, how much are they missing uh, Rysel Iglesias right now uh, or the Cincinnati Reds? Uh, but even you know further on, going to talking about Rysel Iglesias, I think that this is a player that has stuff that I would consider elite. I think he's got one of the very best fastballs in the game. And no matter where he ends up, whether it be back with the Angels next year or somebody else moving forward, Joe Madden said, hey, I want to do what's best for the player and for the organization. And that is for Rysel Iglesias to be a one-inning guy the rest of this season. He's said it, he really counted on Rysel Iglesias when the Angels were scratching and clawing and trying to hang on in a desperate spot, trying to hang on to hope to be a playoff team. But with the Angels in the situation that they're in right now, it's not necessary to, to go put Rysel Iglesias in a spot and try to go get five outs for you. You know, that's just not needed. And, and man, Rysel has just been so locked down. Whatever team ends up losing in the LCS, whether it be the American League or the National League, my oh my, they are going to wish that they made a bigger push to try to get Rysel Iglesias at the trade deadline. That's what I'll just tell you. I hope Rysel Iglesias stays in the Angels organization. I hope he comes back next season because he is as locked down of a dominant closer as the Angels have had since Frankie Rodriguez and Troy Percival before that. I mean, I will put Rysel Iglesias as one of like the all-time Angel lockdown closers. And I'm hearing this season, and I, I hope he comes back and can do it more for this Angels club when this Angels team has a chance to really make a push because I think the Angels are not that far away. You know, I've talked with a lot of opposing pitchers um, this season and going and, you know, chatting it up with them and, you know, guys that are high-profile guys that have told me, hey, that when I look at this Angels lineup, I mean, this is this is a tough lineup that I, I dread having to face, this these Angel bats, because they are that good. And now we're starting to see the pitching coming through, young pitchers in the organization getting opportunities um, and, and getting time to mature. It, it's, a, it's a young group that's not ready yet, that you need them to be expedited a little bit. You need them to get ready quick. But there is talent in the organization now. You get some of these prospects to come through, have an impact. Then maybe you go out and get one more big-name piece. Boom. Now you got a staff. Now you got a chance to go win a World Series. I don't think the Angels are that far away. A lot of things have to hit. you got to get some luck to be in your favor. But at the same time, there's a chance. There's hope. And there's optimism, I think, in this group right now. But, uh, yeah, talk about Rysel Iglesias. Man, he has been so good. The game's over. When, when Rysel comes into the game, the game is over. And there are very, very few teams that can say that about their closer right now. All right. Uh, another thing that we saw at this uh, Yankee series, which were all just fun games, by the way. Every single night was a blast. Just really high-level, high-intensity baseball. The crowds were awesome. I know there were a lot of Yankee fans at the Big A, but the Angel fans that were here, man, they were loud. They were bringing it. I thought it was really cool seeing that. Uh, you know, 
the, the Yankee fans, I think, brought the best out of Angel fans. And uh, we got a chance to see that. So that was exciting here at Angel Stadium. Uh, across the 57, John Gibson getting ready for this upcoming Ducks season. Gibby has been uh, great between the pipes for a long time for the Ducks. I know last season was a weird year for everybody. I'm throwing it out the window. I'm excited about what John Gibson uh, can do for this Ducks organization. And uh, we always like supporting our friends across the freeway. So here now is our conversation with John Gibson, who is out here catching the first pitch at the Big A on Monday night. Hanging out with Ducks goaltender John Gibson here as the Angels take on the Yankees. Gibby, it's great to see you. Excited for another season of Ducks hockey. It was really good seeing you out before uh, the first pitch there behind the dish. You didn't throw it this time. You had Tim Ryan throwing to you. What was uh, what was that experience like getting out there and, and being on the other side of a first pitch? It was good. I think it was nice. There was a little less pressure. All I had to do was uh, either block it or keep it in front of me, and he had a pretty good pitch, so I caught it. Definitely a little different back there with the goalie mask on, but it was cool. I never done anything like that, so it was a great experience. I like it. I, as, hey, keep it in front of you, I guess, is something that you're pretty good at and can figure that out on occasion. Um, I, I know last year was like such a crazy season, uh, the, the ups and the downs and not having fans for most of the season. You guys are going to get fans back at Honda Center. How excited are you just for that to be able to, to feel the, the Ducks fans behind you finally? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, even just being here at the Angels game, having the Angels fans, and obviously they're playing the Yankees. There's a lot of New York fans, but just having fans and being back in an environment like this is awesome. And like you said, it's it's been a long time since we heard our Ducks fans cheering, and I know we're all really excited to have them back in the building and feeding off their energy. You know, it's one of the things we talked about. We talked about this in baseball all the time. Last season, no fans were here for baseball games. And it's just like the level of play was just different. I mean, you just just you just feel that. Is that the same in hockey? Are you feeling those same kind of things, maybe? Yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, it's it was definitely a unique year all around, and it was something that you kind of had to adapt to. And, and I know that... Obviously, everybody made it through, but we're all we're all really excited and looking forward to having fans back. Because when you're playing in front of a, a packed packed arena or a packed stadium or whatever sport it is, I mean, if you ask any any athlete, they, they're going to say that there's nothing better than playing in front of a, a, a full full fans. Yeah. I, I know last season, as, as far as the standings go, not where you want to be, yeah. uh, but, but there's a lot of talent. It seems like coming up in this organization. Uh, just what's your sense on how some of these young guys have performed, what you feel like they can bring uh, to help you guys get back to, to contending again? Yeah, I mean, they definitely took big, big steps forward uh, last year, and I think this year, I mean, we, we need everybody to just be pulling forward, and hopefully, like you said, ha- have a good mix of some veteran guys, some young guys, and we can all take a step forward and hopefully have a successful season. Looking forward to that, absolutely. Okay, hanging here at an Angels game tonight. Are, have you always been a big baseball fan? Is this is this new to you? Like, like what, what's your stance on, on coming and watching baseball? I, I love baseball. I mean, I played it till I was probably 14 or 15 growing up in okay. Pittsburgh, so I was obviously following the Pirates. And uh, since I've been here, probably the last seven, eight years, I always try and catch a few Angels games. So, I mean, uh, I definitely always always love coming to watch baseball games and being able to come here and watch watch a good game with the Angels and the Yankees and seeing Otani and some great players out there. It's exciting. As, as a pro athlete and as such a high level as you've been doing this, to see Otani do, doing the two-way thing and having maybe one of the great seasons of baseball history, just what's your sense when you watch him be able to compete at such a high level like this, pitching and hitting? It's crazy. I mean, seeing what he's doing is you may never see it again, but I mean, I also think you look at it from the side of hopefully he's inspiring young kids coming up to try and follow in his footsteps, and maybe maybe we will see. I don't know if we'll see that his caliber because I mean the amazing player he is, but 
just watching him, whether he's pitching or hitting or playing right field, I mean, it's it, it, it's crazy, and people people want to see him. It, it, it's fun watching him, and you're right. I mean, you want to kind of stop what you're doing. When Otani yeah. steps in the box, you kind of stop oh. whatever you're doing. You want you want to watch him hit yeah. every tense. I mean, even when he's pitching, you want to. I mean, he, he could throw it 100 miles an hour. Or if he's hitting, is, is he going to hit a home run? If he if he gets a walk, is he going to steal a base? I mean, he he can do it all, and just. Anytime, like you said, anytime he's at the mound or hitting, you tune in. All right, so you're here getting ready the season, really not that far away now. What happens between now and when you guys start lacing him up to go play? I think just starting to ramp it up. we got training camp here in, uh, I think, just over three weeks. So getting right back into it now and trying to ramp it up. And hopefully whenever training camp's going, just hit the ground running. Gibby, I really appreciate the time tonight. Have some fun, enjoy, and looking forward to seeing you across 57. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll see you. Thanks, man. Good stuff with Gibby hanging out with us uh, in our Angels radio booth. It was uh, great seeing John Gibson uh, in the building, and it was great to see the Angels get a victory that night as well. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. Here's what we got coming up here in this four-game series against the Texas Rangers to close out this homestand. You got a tote bag that is available on Friday night. Then on Saturday, of course, Saturday night fireworks. Sunday, kids run the bases. All good stuff. And then a Labor Day game on Monday as well. So a full Labor Day weekend full of Angels baseball. I can't wait to see you here at the Big A. It's going to be lots and lots of fun for Hannah Stang, Alex Dino, Howard Dreischer, all the help we get putting this show together. Hey, thanks to Jack Mayfield, David Fletcher, John Gibson, all for joining us here on our program. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the Angels off day here on this Thursday. I'm Trent Rush. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast. Take care, everybody. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.